Good evening. Tonight's Bible reading comes from Romans 12, and I think we're going 1 through to 8. Really good passage. Aurora learned something from it last week, wherever you are. (laughs) Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, your bodies, as as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Evening, everyone. My name is (laughs) Daryl. Pastor Charlie was supposed to be here tonight, but he had a slight medical incident this week and is on rest. Um, So please pray for him. He is at home. Elena and Rebecca and Elise are here tonight um, and left him at home alone. That may not be a good strategy. Uh, You'll find out when you get home. Um, he had a slight medical incident and was taken to Green States Hospital, was checked out and was sent home to rest. So he's been on sick leave for a few days. So please pray for him to recover and also pray that he might be willing to undergo further tests to make sure that everything really is okay. Uh, a couple of weeks from now, about December 17th, 18th, he, the family are going on holidays for three weeks or thereabouts, but he's got to get from here to there. And uh, I'm not sure exactly where he is. I guess I'll see him tomorrow and have a chat and find out where he is. Uh, So we need to look after him a little bit. Okay, so if you're causing him to be stressed or worried about things, cut it out. (laughs) Look after him. Uh, Another thing before I start is Margie Buddle is the lady who attends. Some of you will know. Who knows Margie? Oh, half of you. Um, Margie is a lady who is... Uh, part of our morning congregations primarily. Um, she and her husband Dion have moved. Uh, they bought a house out at Stanthorpe and uh, Dion's down there now. She, Margie's a teacher and music teacher and she's been teaching until Friday and then she'll stand there on the weekends and comes back. And so in a couple of weeks, uh, that'll be a complete transition. Maggie's been leading our, you know, the Samaritan's Purse, the little Christmas boxes we put together and send overseas. She's the lady who has been behind the scenes organising that, um, encouraging that, supporting that and arranging for the collection of that and and so on. She's been the driving force behind it. She's been doing it for 
I don't know how many years, eight, nine, ten years, quite a while, and so obviously she's stepping down, and so we need someone who's going to step into that space. So I don't know if that's going to be one of you here tonight or somebody else, but anyway, please be aware of that. And so I just wanted to thank Margie particularly and all who have been part of her team who have been behind the scenes supporting it. Uh, we gave, I think, 230 boxes or thereabouts this year and raised $2,500 in order to send those boxes. Cost $10 a box to send those overseas, where God will use them to make a difference for his kingdom. So pray for that as well. I have some questions. Um, I had d double the amount of questions, but I've left them at home, and so I had to go and get some old questions that I had sent from before. So they're available. There are some down on the back bench down there, and there are some that I'll put here. For when I finish in about 20 minutes or whenever, um, then you can come and talk about them. For instance, um, how can I know and enjoy the will of God? Is a question that this passage tonight will address for us. Um, there's questions about gifts and service. Do you know what God wants you to do in the body at SDBC? Are you doing it? And I haven't written it down, but would you like help to find out what your gifts are, where you can serve him? And it's, tonight's talk is really, this passage is primarily uh, a looking at an inward look at the church of as we know and follow Jesus, both in our personal response to him, but also in our public or our corporate dimension of following him, this passage addresses those issues. It's not looking at, as we've heard several times tonight, about our relationship out in the world. Though, of course, that flows out of it. But our passage tonight is looking inward. <clears throat> so if you would like to know more about discovering more about Jesus, we'd love to talk to you about that, because that's the mission of our church. So I'm going to push, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to push start. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, thanks that we can be together. Thank you for this <clears throat> pretty deep passage. And I pray that you, by your spirit, might be pleased to uh, speak to us, show us truth, and Lord, tug on our hearts, help us to hear and respond to what you're saying to us, that we might please you and that we might live lives that are fully satisfying to you as well as to ourselves. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Slides? Do we have slides? Sorry? Yeah. They're not up there, though. Oh, how about that? Available to serve. That's, that's my title for what I want to talk about tonight. That's not really a title for about what this passage is primarily addressing, but that's an application that flows out of it, that God wants us to be a people who are not only serving him but who are available to serve him what have i done oh sorry just press on okay romans chapter 12 and just verses 1 to 8 let me summarize it for you there was an american negro preacher and they asked him about how does he preach, and he was an effective preacher, and he says, first I tells them what I'm going to tell them, then I tells them, and third point is, then I tells them what I told them. That's pretty much what I'm going to do tonight. 
So what's this passage about? What are we going to talk about? It's our response to God's mercy in our life. And Paul outlines it for us to be a life that is dedicated to him and transformed by God's grace so that we think rightly about ourselves as well as our place of service in the body. That's what this passage is saying to us. It's our response to God's mercy and it's a life that is dedicated and transformed by his grace and that helps us to think rightly about ourselves and therefore our place of service in the body. So here we go. It's, I'm going to spend most of the time on verse 1 and the eight verses to get through because there's so much in each verse of this passage you could spend a whole sermon on, couldn't you, Jeff? And people have over the, year, over the years. I didn't do that. Thanks. Give Michaela a clap, everybody, for... I don't know what, but thanks. <laughs> therefore, whenever you see a therefore in the scriptures, you also should, you should always ask the question, what's it there for? Very good. There are four therefores in Romans. This is the fourth one. The Apostle Paul says, therefore, in light of what I've been talking to you about, how, how we're all sinners and Jesus came and Jesus died for us to make us right with him, therefore, there is no condemnation for us in Christ. And now overflowing therefore in light of that what's the appropriate response i urge you brothers and sisters it's for all of us no exception in view of god's mercies to offer a sacrifice all the way through the scriptures all the way from the garden of eden whenever god is worshipped there is always the bringing of a body for sacrifice it's no different just one slight different one here slight difference in view of god's mercies to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice the sacrifice God now requires is not the killing of an animal symbolizing the coming and death of the Lord Jesus but it's the presentation of our bodies our whole selves because if I am to present my body a it's voluntary I am to present this is my response and if I am to present my body then that includes my mind my eyes my ears my mouth my hands and my feet what I see, what I hear, where I go, what I do, what I think about. All of it submitted to him. Here I am, Lord. I am available for you to take me and send me and use me to do whatever it is you want me to do. And for some of you, God may very well tap you on the shoulder, and he might even do it tonight. And he'll say, I want you to change your careers. I want you to change the direction you're going on in life. If you've got a house, then you might, he might say to you, I want you to sell it. That's what he said to Rhonda and I uh, 40 plus years ago. <clears throat> I, want, I want you to sell your house and I want you to follow me and I want you to serve me in ministry. I don't want you to go overseas as a missionary. Where are they going? There. But he does say it to some people. God said to us, no, I want you to stay and I want you to pastor a church and to be part of a church which is a missionary sending church and a missionary supporting church. And so... That's what Rhonda and I have done. God may tap you on the shoulder to do that. God may very well tap you on the shoulder as well and say, I want you to stay in the career that you're in and I want you to represent me in that career and I want you to serve me in it. And putting it bluntly, <clears throat> I want you to make as much money as you can so that you can give as much money as you can to serve my kingdom work. God has a role and a place for each one of us. And it starts here. This is the foundation. This is the... 
that this is what we build on, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's a lot harder to live for Jesus than it is to die for him. I haven't been in a situation, obviously, where I have to die for Jesus. I would imagine that would be very challenging and very difficult, but God will meet you with his grace as he has throughout the centuries. But to live for Jesus every day, which is to die to yourself every day and to live for him, that's a tough gig. But that's what this is calling us to. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of what God has done for you, how he has acted in love to bring you back into a relationship with himself, what's the appropriate response? Complete and total surrender. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you have saved me, that you have delivered me from eternal wrath and punishment and the penalty of all of my sin. What can I do except offer my life to you and say, I love you and I want to serve you? And as Paul says here, then that's holy and pleasing. Holy means it's set apart to God and pleasing means that's what God is looking for. He loves this response. Whenever we give ourselves totally to him, full submission, full surrender, when we obey him, he is fully pleased. One of the questions on the sheet tonight is, is it more spiritual for us to serve as pastors and missionaries than as a tradie or in secular employment? Which is more spiritual? Jeff, what do you think? Is it more spiritual to be a pastor and a missionary as a pastor? (laughs) Amen. Would you guys agree? We are the Green Beret Christians. We're the elite. What is plumbers and chefs and taxi drivers and what? It's the same. You're kidding, aren't you? Apparently no different. Because it's all about... It's going to be a shorter sermon than it was going to be. Um, I love that passage and the realisation of it. When the Lord Jesus was here on earth, for the first 30 years of his life, what did he do? Carpenter, tradie in Nazareth, in a very small, unmentioned town, never referred to outside the New Testament in any other document. It's amazing, isn't it? Even towns a couple of miles away from it are mentioned, but Nazareth is not mentioned. It's the backwater. It's a easily overlooked residence. That's where he grew up. That's where he worked. And yet at the age of 30, when he comes, goes public for ministry and he gets baptised, oh, we're going to have a baptism on the uh, 1st of January, New Year's Day. We're having a baptism, 5.30, this service. Somebody has come forward this week and said, can I get baptised? And I said, no, we're not doing any more baptisms this year. No, I didn't. It's very exciting, isn't it? God has tapped this guy on the shoulder and said, I want, I, I want to get baptised. If you haven't been baptised and you want to get baptised, come and see us. We'll baptise you on the first day of the new year as well. What a way to start the new year. It's very important. Do you want to know who it is? I'm not telling you. <laughs> well, come on that night and find out. Um, when Jesus got baptised, there was a voice from heaven and the, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. You know this story. And the voice said what? This is my beloved son. You are my beloved son. With you, 
I am well pleased. What has Jesus done for 30 years? He's a carpenter. With you I am well pleased. We serve God in the, the areas of where he allocates us and there is no such thing as a spiritual hierarchy. Pastors and missionaries are not more important. Shame on you, Jeff, for thinking that. <clears throat> we are not more important than anybody else. We're all equal. Well, this is what God wants of us, this total surrender of our bodies, our all to him. It's holy and pleasing to him. And in fact, Paul concludes by saying, this is your true and proper worship. Shh! That child has been dedicated. What's going on? Um, this is your reasonable, rational, logical response. This is what should happen. And Paul amplifies this, he goes for us, verse 2. This is in two parts. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So having presented our, our all, when we submit to him, there's a battle that will go on and we are to say no to the influence of the world, that part of the world which is living in rebellion against God, that seeks to live life without God. To say no to that, not to conform to the the attraction of it or the modelling of it or the example or the pull of it around us and it's all around us not to conform to that pattern by what goes on around us but to be transformed by what's going on inside of us God working by his spirit in us giving us new desires and new prompts and new ideas and especially by the renewing of your mind Christianity is really a thinking religion if I call it that it's a thinking relationship we don't kiss our brains goodbye, but in fact, we engage our minds even more. God gave us a, a mind and an intelligence and he wants us to use it. It's not just about, it's not about feelings, though feelings are included. It's not about rituals or events, though that happens. It's really about thinking God's thoughts after him. And to do that, you need to expose yourself to his word, the Bible. That's the mission of our church for us not to conform to the world, but to be transformed, working with God and transforming people into passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Transformed by the renewing of mind through God's word. There's a broad way and there is a narrow way and Jesus calls us in the narrow way. So if you're going to expose yourself, have your mind renewed, you need to expose yourself to God's word. You hear us say this all the time because it's really, really important. <clears throat> You need to have a plan, a pattern, a process where you are reading God's word on a regular basis, daily basis. You need to have an appointment with God. When, where, how, up to you. But you need to have it every day. Meet with him. And if you skip a day, if something happens and you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Just pick yourself up and start again. Keep your appointment the next day. It's incredibly important. And that's how our mind becomes renewed. And if we do that, if we surrender our lives to him, and if we are being transformed, growing in our likeness of the Lord Jesus, it's a process, it doesn't happen instantly, then look at this. This is the end of verse 2. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Do you want to know what God's will is for your life? 
Do you want to know what God's plan for you is? Well, number one, surrender your life to him. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Don't conform to the world, but be transformed. And you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. It will become clear for you. God will put it in you and it'll become obvious. That's what happened for me. When I left high school, I had become a Christian on the January of my last year at high school. Um, and when I had graduated, I figured that I was going off to the Australian College of Physical Education. I was going to be a PE teacher. Um, if I wasn't going to play football professionally, then I was going to teach sport. And then after I had uh, completed HS, what was the HSC in those days in New South Wales, um, then all of a sudden I had a different desire. I didn't want to go and be a high school PE teacher anymore. I wanted to be a primary school teacher. and I didn't want to go to Sydney where I'd already been accepted into this college. I wanted to go to Wagga, which is an hour from home. And that just grew in me and grew in me and grew in me. And so when I got, I applied for, you know, had been accepted to a, the universities and I went, I'll go there. And when I met there, on the first Friday of the week, guess who I met? <laughs> She's a shy, retiring little thing that <laughs> doesn't like drawing attention to herself at all. It's most unlike you, sweetheart. This gorgeous-looking woman walked around the corner and beside her was Rhonda. <laughs> the gorgeous-looking woman was Rhonda. So God had changed my direction in order for me to meet my wife. And God has been guiding and leading us ever since. I can testify, and I'm sure many others can too, that when you submit to God, he will guide and direct you. And you'll discover that God's will is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. It's the right thing to do. I can remember way back in those days that, gee, if I fully submit to God, then he's going to take me and he's going to send me to Africa, not Japan. He's going to send me to Africa. I don't want to go to Africa, so I'm not going to submit. That's the lie of the devil. That's the lie of the sinful nature. If God wanted me to go to Africa, it would be good, pleasing and perfect for me to do so. You would discover that. That there is no greater joy than in the centre of God's will. And the way to discover God's will is surrender your life to him. Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. Then he will guide you. Not, Lord, what are the options? What's your plan? Oh, I don't like that plan. I think I'll go and do this thing. God doesn't play those sorts of games. Paul moves on. Once we do that, we surrender fully to him and that we are being transformed. Then as a result of that, it's also how we will change the way we think about of ourselves. It's part of our universal tendency as human people, isn't it, that we think about ourselves first and foremost. I see that manifested in my grandchildren most obviously because children are just honest. They haven't been socialised enough yet to pretend, but we have, and we pretend to be nicer than we really are. When really, the core, at the core of our sin... At the core of us is a sinful nature, which in Christ has been defeated. And now there's a battle going, a process we are to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. Again, it's that daily choice of full surrender to him. Um, and Paul says, in the process of this, then you will begin to think correctly about yourself. You'll have a right estimate to think of yourself with 
what is that called? Sober judgment. So it's correct evaluation. What are you good at? What can you do? And most of us are quite capable. There are many things that God has enabled us to do. What can't I do? It's important to know that. And then the question becomes, am I doing it? Not to think of myself too highly. Paul doesn't mention this, but nor to think of myself too lowly. Because often, you know, oh, I can't do that is really sometimes people... It's a self-centred way of getting people to give us attention. So don't think of yourself too lowly. Think of yourself with correct judgment. Who am I in Christ? What gifts do I have? What am I able to do? And am I doing it? Better move on quick. Then the Apostle Paul gives a physical example by saying, just as we each have a physical body, and we all have just one physical body, but the body is complex and it's made up of all different sorts of parts. Oh, I jumped over the, that bit. Oh, what a pity. Oh, totally. <clears throat> and all the parts don't have the same function. So he applies that then to the church. So in Christ, we, who are followers of Jesus, surrounded our lives, being transformed in our minds, we form one body. And each one, each member belongs to each of the others. So that we form one local body of the expression of the Lord Jesus. He is the head, we are the body. We all submit to him. But that means that we belong to one another, that we are committed. That's God's will and intention, that we belong to a local church. That's where membership comes in. Each member belongs to all of the others. So I take, we take membership very seriously. If you're not a member of a church, then I would challenge you to think about it. Whether it's this church or another church, it's not important. It's a member of a church where you are committed and serving and in submission to the leadership of the church. Time is going. Uh, Paul flows out of that. Uh, just like in the body, the organs and muscles and all the different parts of it have a different function, a different purpose. So too in the body of Christ, we all have different gifts, different abilities, different strengths, according to how God made us. He's the one who gave it to us. My gift is in the area of teaching, but I cannot sing to save myself. My wife has a beautiful singing voice. Um, and she was an uh, educational teacher. A, uh, what, what's the word I want? I don't know. A secular education. Uh, school teacher. That'll do. But she's not a Bible teacher. She's a teacher, but not a Bible teacher. Um, and so too for you, that God may have given you gifts in the areas of where you'll be employed, or they could be quite different. Notice what Paul, he gets rather blunt. If your gift is prophesying, preaching, declaring forth God's word, proclaiming what God's will is, well then do it according to the, what you've got in your faith. If your gift is serving, well serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If your gift is encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving time, finances, support, whatever, then give generously. If it's to lead in whatever capacity, church board, church elders, ministry leadership, whatever it is, then lead diligently, do it well. If it's to show mercy, well, do it cheerfully. In other words, he's saying, whatever God gave you to do, do it. Be active. Use the abilities, the gifts, the strategies that God has given you 
for the life of the body. And that came out in our interview tonight. Let me, like Tim, endorse and underline that. Don't overcommit. I'm not saying that you have to be doing 20 hours, you know, work in the life of the church each week. That's overcommitment. Unless you're full-time. You've got a full-time job or you're a full-time student. Um, you may have a part-time job on top of that as well. You may be married and have a family. You have other responsibilities that you are, God expects you to honour and look after. You have to look after yourself physically. And so you have some small window of opportunity, some hours in the week when you can be available to serve. So make sure that you are serving the area where God wants you to be serving and doing that which God wants you to do in the life of the church. That's what this passage is talking to us about. And we certainly have some areas in the life of our church where we need people to be stepping up and stepping in. Um, not everything lasts forever. There's a season for ministries, and so ministries rise and ministries fall, as we experience with conversational English. That's been closed down for the moment. Uh, but it can come back as God raises up students and teachers in the future. So whatever it is, wherever God wants you, um, make yourself available to him. A living sacrifice. Being committed to being transformed. We're not perfect, but we're in the process of becoming better. More like the Lord Jesus. Be sincere and genuine in that. And then think correctly about yourself and offer yourself to be available in the life of the body. And many of you do that. We see it demonstrated on stage tonight. It's demonstrated at the back, behind the scenes. Somebody set up these chairs. Somebody did it. Somebody cleaned this floor. Somebody's in charge of administration around here. All of these things are going on. There's a role and a place for you to serve. Yeah, uh, that'll do. I'll pray and then you can come and ask, use the questions. Let's pray together. Father, this is a very <clears throat> um, deep, profound passage that uh, warrants a lot more meditating upon. But it's clear that the response you require from us in light of the mercy <clears throat> and your grace demonstrated for us in Christ is for us to dedicate our lives to you and to commit to being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then, Lord, you call us to think very clearly, honestly, appropriately about ourselves and how you've gifted us and shaped us and resourced us and to make ourselves available for the life of others in the life of the church. Lord, can you continue, please continue to work out your purposes that each of us might um, be a life dedicated to the gospel, a mind transformed by the gospel and be involved in ministries that is energised by the gospel. We ask and pray this in the name of the one who gave his all for us, the Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Questions are available if you'd like to come and get some here or down the back there and I encourage you to break into small groups. If you've got questions you'd like to talk to me about, then by all means you can come and ask those as well. God bless you everybody. Let's discuss things together.
1st of January? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, why not? If I do it some other time, then I can do it. I just thought I should start. I should tell. I should tell you. Excellent. <laughs> Who do you want to baptize you? Um, my dad would probably want to baptize me. I would think so too. Yes. Yeah. Well, you go home and tell your dad. Yeah. And we're going to do the baptism on the 1st of January. That's New Year's Day. Yeah. 5:30. Yeah. 5:30. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll get some material for you and drop it in to talk about not just baptism, but also testimony, telling a story. What the other guy's going to do, he's going to write his story out, so do that, and then I'll look at it, and he's going to do his on a video. So he's not going to stand live. Do you want to do, you want to do it live? Yeah, that's great. Not everybody can do it because they're petrified of speaking publicly. Very good. Well done. Tell mum and dad tonight. Yes, I've been meaning to get around to it. Yeah, good, good, excellent. Wonderful. God bless you. What is your personal... Um, bank account? Yeah, bank account details. <laughs> um, 